Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 89. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, and download your Filler Up book today. It's free at CarsYeah.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm really excited to introduce a very unique and special guest, Christensen. Christensen, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I'm ready to do this. Okay, let's have some fun. Christensen owns Cafe Spa, Ferrari and Lamborghini News. It's CafeSpa.com. He's broadcast by Google News with 3 to 5 million readers a week and currently has over 2 million is that two million on Facebook? Yeah, that's two million. Wow. Additionally, he hosts one of the largest cars and coffee events in the country in San Francisco, California. Over three hundred exotic and specialty cars attend his attended his last event, including Horatio Pagani's personal Zonda from Italy. That is pretty impressive. But most importantly, he strongly values his family, and despite his busy schedule and passion for Italian automobiles, he knows it doesn't take much to have a happy life, just a nice family. So Christensen, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Could you share some moments and time with us about your history and your life? You're a really unique individual with our pre-show chat, which I had a lot of fun with, and of course your interest and passion for automobiles. Sure. I'm always busy, and my focus is Ferrari and Lamborghini. When I wake up in the morning, 7 o'clock, until maybe 1 or 2 a.m. every day, it's nonstop Ferrari and Lamborghini, nothing else. Pure Ferrari, pure Lamborghini. And on the weekends, I have time for my family, and I enjoy, and I, I know that's what's important. But my passion is Ferrari and Lamborghini. If you look at this weekend... I went to Seattle, Washington. I went with one of my good friends. I did a PPI, which is pre-purchase inspection, right? on a Challenge Stradale. Ooh. And that's a special limited edition Ferrari track car. They only made a, a little over 300 for the U.S. There's 1,300 worldwide. I'll tell you a little side note about that car. I had a Ferrari Challenge Stradale surfboard wow yeah bought it at the ferrari factory it was in the store across the the driveway from the old ferrari entrance there on the back of the ferrari factory so i'm assuming the surfboard had the stripe yep because that's the signature of the car red surfboard with the ferrari italian stripes down the middle yep one they made it the exact same number of surfboards as they did the cars Yep, it hung in my office for years. I picked it up the first time I went to the Ferrari factory. I grew up as a surfer in Southern California, so I thought, I've got to have that in my office. But anyway, you told me to jump in. I did, so keep going. (laughs) So we went to Seattle. I did a PPI on this Challenge Stradale, 
and all the mechanicals checked out. I went on a test drive, and Seattle has terrible roads. I don't know <laughs> if you know that. but Oh, I live here. It rains a lot, <laughs> yeah. So it's not ideal for cars, but the Stradale is amazing. Oh, yeah. No flaws at all. It's a flawless car. And I come back, I tell the seller, you need to buy this car. It's There's only four available in the U.S. Right now? Wow. Okay. So jump on this car. This is a good investment long term. You need to get it. Awesome. He purchases the car. And then that night, we go out and we go to Barlow, which is one of the most, uh, I guess, famous restaurants in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it's an Italian restaurant and lots of people, very full. And I meet with the, the head. This is a Lamborghini executive. He's the head of Lamborghini materials. So like advanced materials, carbon fiber, uh, forged composites. And we had the, the best night. And then I celebrated with my friend his purchase of his first Ferrari. Oh, that's awesome. I had a good friend who bought his, it was his second Ferrari, bought one of those cars. And he was kind enough to let me drive that thing. And whoo, that was, that was nice. I wish I'd known you'd been here. I would have directed you to some of the better roadways you could have headed out towards. Because there are some great, once you get out of the city, some great roads around here up in the mountains that are just fantastic for Ferraris. And a lot of Ferrari people up here in the Northwest, more than you would imagine. Tell us a little bit about this website that you've started, because I found you on the internet, and I went, what is this all about? Who is this guy, Christensen? Can you tell us a little bit about what prompted you to start this whole venture? Sure. Uh, So I went to grad school and got an MBA. After finishing school, I decided... I can work for a tech company in Silicon Valley and somewhat sit in a cubicle and fit in with everyone else. Or I can follow my passion and do what I dream about. And I've always been interested, and I own a couple Ferraris. So I decided why not do something with Ferrari? And I always dreamed of Lamborghini, so let's do an Italian car company. I, I guess when you're in school, you look at what you're strong at, and I've always been strong at writing. So I decided I'm going to become a journalist, and I'm going to write only Ferrari, only Lamborghini stories. Yeah, wow. Well, I think there's a couple great things here, and this is why I wanted you to be on Cars Yeah's, because Cars Yeah is about inspiring automotive enthusiasts and people who have wrapped their avocation into their vocation and have figured out a way to to make a living, if you will, or have some fun in life with their passion for cars. And that's exactly what you've done with your website. And as we get along in this discussion here, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what your website is and some of the events and things that you're doing. But I always like to start the journey, if you will, with an inspirational quote here on Cars, yeah. And this is uh, something that has some meaning to your life. It's what I always say a great way to get the wheels turning here to use a a metaphor of cars. Sure. So Christensen, you take the wheel. The quote, I think you have to completely throw away cars. Like your show is all about cars, but in the end, life is about family. Oh, wonderful. And 
family is not always so easy, and they can give you lots of headaches and lots of pain and lots of stress. Sounds like an Italian car to me. <laughs> but in the end, that's the most important thing in life. Family, absolutely. What you said, Italian car. Italian cars, they give you lots of stress. They give you lots of pain. But you cannot enjoy any other car the same way you enjoy a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. They are spectacular, and they hold a, a special place in my heart. I've been lucky enough to visit the Ferrari factory many times and the Lamborghini factory once, uh, right when the Aventador was just about to be launched. It was literally a week away, and there was a big wall in the factory. They wouldn't even let us look over the wall. It's like, please, right. they said, come back in a week, and you can drive one. Uh, speaking of the Aventador, I was just at the... A Lamborghini Seattle Advanced Materials Lab. And the first Aventador ever built, they cut it up for research and testing. The manager of the research lab gave me a piece. So I came home to San Francisco with a piece of the first Lamborghini Aventador. And you look at it, and it just like it's some carbon fiber part with shiny paint on it. But actually, that's the future. Because you look at all the very cheap cars, they're made of steel. All the exotic cars are made, maybe you have some aluminum and a few in carbon fiber. But what Lamborghini is doing that really makes them stand out, they're using forged composites, Mm. which is something beyond anything else. And when I was there visiting, they gave me a piece of the Lamborghini Aventador, which is the first step they took which is really high quality, somewhat, you could call it professional grade carbon fiber. Before that, they did something you could call testing, you know. So Diablo and everything, Murcielago before that, that was in its infancy stage. Aventador, they've perfected carbon fiber, and that's what you can see across all the other brands. If you look at Honda, uh, Lexus, so Lexus has the LFA. They are doing carbon fiber, like very advanced materials. But Lamborghini was the the first to almost perfect it. And Ferrari has a lot of passion and a lot of race experience, and that's why they're the leader in their area. But Lamborghini... They excel in advanced materials and doing something a little bit different than other people. So when I went to Seattle, where you're from, they gave me this piece. And I took it, and at first I didn't really realize what it was. Like, you have something, and yeah, thank you for giving this to me. Mm -hmm. But I flew back to San Francisco, and I had this in my hand, and I'm looking at it, and I realized this is history, you know. Cars for 100 years or even more have been made of steel and aluminum. And this is a switch to an advanced material. It's almost like NASA, like the space shuttle. And then it's only the first step into the future, where the future they're going to use more advanced materials like forged composites, which is nothing like carbon fiber. Carbon fiber, you have a fabric, you lay it in a resin, you get a piece that looks very impressive where forged composites, maybe it's not as pretty, but it's much lighter and stronger. And that's really the future. 
So my job and what I do it has little about cars and more about, I would say, special information and connection to uh, people who know what is coming out next. Mm-hmm. And that's really the news. Like, If you report something that's older than 48 hours, it's not important anymore. It's not significant. People don't care about it. So you always have to look to the future and see what is coming out next. And how fortunate you are to have those connections to be with the folks that are on the forefront of that kind of technology. They, they were sharing that with me when I was at the factory, and it was just amazing. Uh, and they were building bodies for other manufacturers as well there with that same technology. So, Christensen, you're a car guy. Have you always been a car guy? And, and if you have, or even if you haven't, is there a moment in time in your life when it just clicked in your head, oh, man, cars are what I'm all about? Sure. I think, so I've watched your other videos, the podcast, I've mm-hmm. listened to them. And everyone... They're young and they're a car guy and their father was into cars and blah, blah, blah. So it's this exact same story. My father was into cars. He, he likes Corvettes, but also restoring Porsches. And I've always been really fascinated with cars. It's, I think, a gray area between artwork where you see something and it's so beautiful, you can't believe it. And then also mechanically, it's performing beyond what's possible. You know, you look at things that go fast and cars, especially Italian exotic cars, they're faster than anything else that you can buy. You know, so it's an experience. If I had a guest on the other day who said when he was like five years old, his dad was adjusting the valves on a straight six cylinder and he had the, the, the head off of the thing and you could see the valves moving up and down. And he said he remembered as a kid looking at those things when the car was at idle, he could see him actually moving. And when his dad blipped the throttle, they just, they turned into a blur. And he said, that moment is when it all came together for me. I mean, to have a succinct, clear moment in your life, it, was there one of those for you? I think it's a series of moments. My father was a car guy. He's into cars. And when I was young, I remember buying magazines and then dreaming. You dream of what's in the magazine. I saw a Porsche Speedster, so I saved my money and I bought a 1954 Porsche Speedster. Oh, (laughs) be still my heart. Those are one of my bucket list cars is the Porsche Speedster. And one thing that's special about that is it's so pure. They stripped away everything that's not necessary except a lightweight shell and a very strong motor for racing. And if you look at Porsche, at the time, that was the cheapest car you could buy because it's totally stripped away. There's no additional accessories, nothing fancy about it. And it's it's just made for racing. And I think that represents my fundamental values. I like cars that are pure and designed for a specific purpose. Uh, things that you have these extra fancy things that are for show, like it's a snowflake. I'm I'm not really interested in that, you know. Like I'm not into showing off. I'm more into something that is made for driving and more pure. And you can look at any brand. It doesn't matter what it is. 
And there's things where they have gimmicks and novelty items, and it's just to show off and whatever. I'm more into the as simple as possible. This is a pure uh, racing machine that it's all about the experience. Well, you can be, in my mind as a car guy, two further extremes here. When you're talking about a 54 Speedster, which is a pretty basic car, low horsepower, doesn't even have roll-up windows, and a Ferrari, a newer Ferrari. Now, I don't know if you're comparing to older Ferraris, but for you, you know, you're such a you're such an interesting kind of a I'm not even sure how to describe you yet because we just met here, but you're so unique in so many ways. How can you compare that simplicity of that speedster with the modern day Ferrari? Sure. My opinion is the modern day Ferrari is the Porsche speedster and it has no competition. They're the only ones. Nobody else is doing this, making a car that's a race car. If you buy a Ferrari, it's the closest thing you can get to buying a real race car made for the track. So you look at all of the research, all of the development that Ferrari uses for Formula One, and they use for GT2, GT3. And then the LaFerrari XX and then the Challenge Series. So their primary focus and what makes Ferrari special is they make race cars. They sell road cars, but Enzo Ferrari didn't care about the road cars. Right. That's just to make money to sponsor the race program. Sure. And they're exactly the same today. So what you're buying is the most pure you can get. And obviously it has leather seats and air conditioning and it's very comfortable. But that's what they have to do to sell cars. But if you break it down to the fundamental elements of the car, you're buying a race car that has been converted to the street. Where if you look at any other brand, they're focused on building road cars. And there might be a special edition that they hop up the horsepower and they make it look a little bit more sporty. It sounds a little louder, but they're taking a road car and modifying it for this, like making it a race inspired car, which is totally the opposite of what Ferrari is doing. Ferrari is taking a race car and making it a street car. Sure. Great, great way to answer that. I like that. What I want to do now, Christensen, and this is a great part of our show and it helps a lot of young entrepreneurs who are listening to the show understand how to get over challenges. Just talk about a challenge that you've had or even a great failure that you've faced and and how you've overcome that. And I'd like you to kind of take us down that path, really get us there to what it was like to be in that situation. But the most important part of this is how you overcame it and what did you learn from that? Sure. So the business is cars, but in the end, you have to deal with people. And I've traveled to Japan a lot. I go to Italy a lot for different races, uh, France, all over. You can talk about cars all day, but if you're not good with people, you're not going to be successful. And there's a very wide range of people. Some people are very logical. Some are not. Some are direct. Some are not. And the key is just to be social and to build some connection, you know. You can talk about cars all day, but if you don't build a connection with the person, 
you can't relate to them, I don't think you'll do well in business. Was there some moment in your time that you faced that was a, a huge challenge with a person that you had to overcome? I can think of two stories. All right. So one, I travel to Italy uh, often. And when you go to Italy, if you want to drive, say I'm at the Ferrari factory and we're going to Monza. It's a, a, sh- a short drive. You just jump in the car and you're there. Mm-hmm. But the Italian style, you jump in the car, you drive very fast for 30 minutes. And you stop and you have an espresso. <laughs> so you can go even faster. <laughs> so the espresso, you're sitting and drinking and you talk for one hour. And you're actually talking about work. And in the beginning, it was very frustrating because I thought, what's going on here? These people are wasting my time. I just want to get to the circuit and we can get down to business. But their their style of living and working is completely different. So you have to adjust to that. Oh, I have a friend who bought a Ferrari F1 car from the Ferrari factory. And their Ferrari Classique and their F1 Cliente division was restoring the car for him. And, of course, they were doing it on what he called Italian time. So he would call every month, is my car done? Is my car done? Oh, CC, it's almost done. Don't worry. And so finally he was so frustrated. He said, I'm going to be there in a month. My car needs to be done. And so he flew all the way to Italy, got to Bologna, drives an hour north, walks in and says, okay, I'm here. Where's my car? Oh, let's go have a lunch. No, no, I don't want to have lunch. I want my, where's my F and F1 car? I, you know, I've been waiting months for this. Don't worry. So they go across the street to the Cavallino restaurant, of course. They have a nice three-hour lunch. The whole time he's just sitting there, you know, pounding on the door like, I want to see my car. They finally take him into the back. He walks into this room and there's an F1 car there, but it's in a thousand pieces. It's not done. And so... He shares what you just shared with me, the frustrations of dealing with the factory and uh, the Italian process, and he just came unglued, and they couldn't understand why he was so upset. What, we're working on it. And so, long story short, he goes back a month later. The car's done. He takes it out on the track. They test drive it and so forth. But it is a different lifestyle. It's a di- and I've done some business with Ferrari, with Ferrari directly. I used to import licensed Ferrari products. And it is a completely different process. It's the same going to Japan. You said you go to Japan. Another, you don't just sit down with a Japanese business person and just start talking business. You spend time learning about their family and about them. And sometimes you might spend a whole day before you come back the next day and talk about right. business. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a learning curve, isn't it, to get over those differences in cultures. But it's fun, too, because you learn that Maybe that lifestyle isn't so bad. No. If you adapt to it, you can be very successful. And then learn that when you're having espresso, it's not just having a coffee. That's when real business is being done. So you have to be efficient. Christensen, tell us a moment when you took your passion for Italian cars and turned it into this business that you have. And and I like to call it an aha moment. Was there a moment in time when you went, you know what? I think I can actually 
have a career here in this passion I have for cars and and have something fun but be successful at whatever my goals are? Was there an aha moment that flashed in your head? There was. I I had a very good friend. His name is Tom Mead. And he, when he was young, very young guy, he had this dream of working Ferrari. He wants to work for a Ferrari, but he lives in Long Beach. So what he did is he hitchhiked from Long Beach to New Orleans. He got a ride. He didn't have any money. He got rides there. And then he worked and saved his money and convinced some freightliner, I'm going to kind of sneak on the boat and get a ride to Italy. So he went to Italy and then again hitchhiked to the Ferrari factory. It was his dream to work for a Ferrari. He thought if he could get to Ferrari, he has a job and everything was great. Ferrari didn't want to talk to him. They said, go away, you're a crazy American. Uh, We have nothing here for you. So he went next door to Maserati. And this is in Modena before Ferrari moved to Marinello. And in Modena, they had this, it's, it's all country and fields and farmers. They had this field with old race cars. They would throw the cars away. No one saw any value in them. He told them, I want to buy one of these race cars, and I'm going to bring a flatbed. I'm going to take it tonight. And they thought, oh, this is a crazy American. He doesn't have any money. He's crazy. He's not going to do it. But the flatbed came. He gave them the money. He took the car. And this is a guy that has more personality than anyone else that you'll ever meet in your life. You instantly meet him, and you love this guy. In Italy, next to the Ferrari factory, there's a farm. He convinced the farmer to let him live in the barn, and he restored the Maserati with his new best friends. And the best friends were the mechanics who built the Maserati in the first place. So when the car was done, it was exactly original. It was a perfect car, the way it was made originally. He sold that car in the United States for millions of dollars, and he had a lot of money to do his own thing. So instead of restoring cars like he did originally, he decided, I'm going to build my own cars. And his dream was always Ferrari. Eventually, he became very close personal friends with Enzo Ferrari. If you go to the Marinello, the factory museum, they have his car, the they have his car on display, which is not a real Ferrari, but has a Ferrari engine and a Ferrari chassis. If you go to the uh, Modena Museum, which is 30 minutes away, they also have a special exhibit for him. And for an American to have an impact in Italy like that, it's unheard of. He's the only one in history. And that was my friend, and he's telling me these stories, and then it makes me realize Anything is possible if you have the passion. So he did it, and I can do it too. <laughs> you know, I was sitting here going, what does this have to do with your aha moment? Where, where's, the, where's the twist here? And you, you did it. It's the, uh, oh, a wonderful story. That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, if you want to do it, you can do it. You just have to be willing to hitchhike across the country and hop a freighter and, you know, Shanghai to, <laughs> to the port and, uh 
Fantastic. You must be a, a really special person to get to know. You talked about your 54 Speedster. Is there a first car in your life that really was special to you? Yes. I bought the 54 Speedster, and I dreamed about that my entire life. And you get it, and it feels like a major accomplishment. But imagine you're falling in love with a girl. It's not like you dreamed of something your whole life and then it happens. It, it's, it's love. You can't explain it. So my first love was my first Ferrari. And that's beyond any other car you can get. So I bought a Ferrari 412. There's only 17 in the U.S., and it's the last Ferrari that Enzo Ferrari drove before he passed away. Oh, my goodness. So it's a very historical car. It has a five-speed transmission. And I was at Daytona for the 24 hours of Daytona. I was working for Moteji wheels. They make the Ferrari GT2, GT3, and LaFerrari XX wheels. When I was there, I met the owner of uh, Beverly Hills Ferrari, which is the lar- largest Ferrari dealership in terms of sales in the world. They sell more Ferraris than anyone else. But also Giacomo, he owns Ferrari Silicon Valley, which is the largest Ferrari dealership in terms of square feet in the world. So this is a VIP Ferrari person of all VIP persons. You can look at executive staff, but this is real Ferrari. He married the granddaughter of Enzo Ferrari. Oh my goodness. So he has children with her and like this is Ferrari bloodline. Ferrari bloodline, yeah. What he told me is that when he was young and dating Enzo Ferrari's granddaughter, He had no money. He didn't have Ferraris. He's not a rich person. He's just the average guy who meets this girl and falls in love. He's driving a scooter. And if you visited the Ferrari factory, you know all the countryside is just farmers. There's nothing else around. Right. He's driving the scooter to meet Enzo Ferrari. So his his later wife asked, do you want to meet my grandfather? Like, this is Enzo Ferrari. And in Italy, that's almost like the Pope. Oh, yeah. So it's like the ultimate of ultimate. Of course, he wants to meet him. Yes. So he's driving the scooter. This is the best day of his life. And guess what happens? You tell me. The scooter runs out of gas oh. and it breaks down. Oh, no. Oh, no. So he has to ask a farmer, can you give me a ride to Ferrari? The farmer says, Ferrari's not open on Sunday. It's a weekend. You don't want to go there. He said, trust me, I want to go there. So he goes there. He goes to Cavallino Restaurant, which is just across the street, and he meets Enzo. The first question Enzo asks, what did you drive here? He's a car guy. He wants to know. He explains the story. I drove the scooter. It broke down. I got a ride. Enzo spent the afternoon running around the Ferrari factory trying to find gasoline so that you could drive him back to fix the scooter and get him on the way back home. Oh, my gosh. The first Ferrari he's ever ridden in in his life 
was the Ferrari 412. The 412. And Enzo Ferrari drove that Ferrari to the farmer to get the scooter running with the gasoline. And imagine the farmer. You have Enzo Ferrari showing up at your house. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. unbelievable. Oh, what a story. Holy cow. I, yeah, it's, it's so great on so many levels. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's fantastic. I watched a documentary on Enzo Ferrari, and I saw in the documentary he's driving a 400i, but it's just a movie, you know. In real life, it was a 412. So I knew that's the exact car that I need to have. And it doesn't matter what the value is, what people think about it. It's like, this is very historical, and it's the only car. And the car that I own is the only Rosso Corsa with 10 interior Ferrari 412 in the United States. The only one. Wow. What a special. That is a very special vehicle. Rosso Corsa is very famous throughout Ferrari's history. That's the official Ferrari red. Right. Yep. Absolutely. That's fantastic. I can't wait to ask you this next question. I hope it's a good answer. I'm putting the pressure on you here. And it's a question that I didn't ask originally when I started Cars Yeah, but one of my guests, who's uh, an artist, uh, Harold Cleworth, very eccentric, unique gentleman who's made his living painting pictures of cars, uh, suggested this. So, Christensen, if you were a car, you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? I would be the Ferrari Challenge Stradale. Okay. I knew you were going to say Ferrari. I'm just wondering which one it would be and why the Challenge Stradale. So first let me tell you, I sold a Lamborghini Countach LP400S two weeks ago. Oh. If you look at it, it's the most pure design you can have in a car. There's nothing more beautiful. I own the Speedster. I've owned it since 1999. And I always like the look of the Speedster, but the Lamborghini Countach can't be beat. Nothing looks better. If you drive in the Countach, the steering wheel is slightly to the right, the pedals are to the right, and the pedals are too close. So as an offset. Mm-hmm. The seat is too small. I'm not a large guy, but my butt does not fit in the seat. And the engine is right behind you, and the firewall is a joke. So it's extremely hot. There's no windows that you can put up. It's like a few inches, you know, if you roll up the window. So you're in a car that looks better than any other car that has ever been made. But driving it is a disaster. I have a, had a guest on Cars Yeah who had one. He called it a coffin. And, he, and he's a uh, car designer from General Motors. So <laughs> so would I buy a Lamborghini Kutosh? Of course I would because nothing looks better. And still driving it is very fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fast. There's not a lot of torque, but it, it's still fun. You can take it to any place. It's going to get more attention than any other car. It doesn't matter what's there. People have a lot of dreams, and they have a lot of expectations of what a car looks like. You can have a poster on your wall, and it's a Lamborghini Countach. And 
My job, I've driven lots of cars, from Lamborghinis to Aventadors to Pagani. You drive, you drive a Lamborghini Aventador Roadster, and it feels very nice, and you get lots of attention to whatever Ferrari. But the best driving Ferrari, period, and the closest thing to it is a Ferrari GTO. So 5.9 GTO is very close. But the best driving Ferrari is a Ferrari Challenge Stradale. And that's your original question. And that's what I'm telling you. That's what I would be because it doesn't matter how much you show off and how great you look. It comes down to an experience. And if you drive a Ferrari, you have a special expectation that it feels like a race car. This is a real Ferrari. And the Challenge Stradale is that. It's completely pure. It's the first of the special series cars. They made the Challenge Stradale, the Scuderia, the Speciale after that. But they took a track car from the track engineers who built the GT2, GT3 cars from Michelotto. And they built this special series car that has never been done in the history of Ferrari. So before that, there's race cars, there's road cars. This is the first time in Ferrari's history and pretty much any other car's history where you take a race car and you convert it to a road car and you make it a production car. So it's the most pure car you can get and the best driving experience. Statistically, you can take something and it's going to destroy it. It'll be much faster, but if you sit in the car, you're going to enjoy it more than anything else because it's so pure and so fun. Pure and fun. That's Christensen. (laughs) I'm figuring you out, my friend. (laughs) I like that. All right, usually we get to this point, and we're going a little bit over time, but I'm having so much fun here, I really don't care what I call the last lap. And these are some questions I fire off. And you've asked me to mix it up a little bit. So I'm trying to do my best. I hope I'm holding up my end of the bargain here, but I'm having fun. So that's what really matters. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? So advice, if you're buying a car, you get the best car that you can get. And I think everyone knows that. And that's very standard. But in the end, and I wrote this in my bio, It comes down to family. So you have family and they're important and whatever they want, it doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what you care about. You try to make them happy. My dad, he loves Corvettes, have absolutely no interest in Corvettes. I like Italian cars. But I bought my dad a Corvette that's a convertible and it was his dream forever. And I think that's the key to life. And that's my advice to people is don't think you're a snowflake. Don't think you're special. Don't do things that make you happy. Like everyone has this feeling that they need to do something that makes them happy. They make themselves feel good. But If you want to be a real man, then you put your family first. Great advice. Great advice. I think that would work for everybody. This next question, 
I'm going to mix it up a little bit, again, because you asked me to do that. You're a really unique individual from my perspective. So tell me something unique about you that has contributed to what you think your success in, in your life has been. I have an Excel spreadsheet. I wake up at 7 o'clock every morning. I soak my head in ice water to wake up instantly. Ice go, water? Yes, with oh, ice. Oh, my gosh. I go on a short run and do, do some very quick exercises, take a shower, and I get down to work because I think most of the work that's done is done in the morning. If you're interacting with people, if you want to do real business, it's done in the morning. So I get everything done. And then after that, I have a normal day, which people normally work. And I don't know. What do you do? What What is your experience? like? Well, I think you're right. I, I'm a creative person. I like to think of myself as a creative person. And I'm most creative in the morning. Now, I get up at 5.30 in the morning because I don't stay up quite as late as you do. But uh, I like to get up early in the morning. And I used to, when I was working in an office situation, which I did for 21 years, I went to an office every day and was responsible for 85 employees and a P&L and all the stuff that you're responsible for and you're the president of a, a small company like that. I liked getting there early because most other people show up at 8, right? 8, 8.30, sure. 9 o'clock. So I would get a couple hours of what I called creative thinking in where I would really be able to focus with a clear mind. So now your day starts what I consider late, but you stay up very late. So you're just shifting your pattern around. But I agree with you, and I've had many guests who say getting up early and using that morning time as that creative thinking time. And I've read books about that as well, that that is the best time when your brain can really engage. And usually you're not as distracted because a lot of people don't get up early. They get up late. Right. So uh, I would agree with you. I think that's. I'm not so sure I can stick my head in a bucket of ice. <laughs> that seems a little bit harsh for me. But uh, my background is Danish. I'm I'm from Denmark. Okay. And when people go in the water, it's extremely cold. It's like ice water. Sure. And it instantly wakes you up and starts your day. And then I do my day, but at the same time, I work with a lot of people in Italy. So I have to stay up late. Right. And what I talked about before, the key is personal relationships. So you have relationships with people. But if you don't have passion, nothing works, you know. Right. My passion is very specific. So Ferrari, Lamborghini, nothing else. You've niched down. I like that. That's great. Are you a reader? Do you enjoy reading books? I read every single night from, I told you I have the spreadsheet. So from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, I'm reading. And could you share a book that you've recently read that you really think could be valuable for our listeners? I read a lot of technical documentation, but at the same time, I read modern design to gardens to whatever. Is there a book that comes to mind that you've recently read that you could share that has enlightened you in some way, in some creative way? Sure. I'd have to grab it. Go ahead. Yeah. But I read a book. It's about a building on the Ferrari campus. So there's the author is named Fuxas. 
and then I have a friend in Italy who's friends with the the author and but the point of it is so this is the net of it. Fuxes was hired as a consultant to design a new building for Ferrari. And it's a research building for corporate. His goal was to make something very modern and very Ferrari. So he built something, but he incorporated the environment with the building. And so you see trees and nature. I've been in that building. That's a really cool place. So that's the research center. And if you look at all the other buildings, it doesn't look like that. There's water. You have this feeling that you're in the future. And Ferrari's smart enough to know that their specialty is cars. If they want to build a building, that's not what they do. They, they hire the best in the world who can do a building. And they hired Fus- Fuxis, and Fuxis built this building. You go there, you're happy. Ferrari is number one in employee satisfaction. And the reason is not because they're building the best cars in the world. It's because they feel they're part of a family, and the environment they're in is ideal. It's very comfortable and relaxing, and they, they enjoy life. They don't work too much. They go to dinner with friends. They talk about Ferrari. Their entire life is Ferrari. It's, it's a real life. So, Christensen, we're up to what I call the checkered flag here. And uh, I think I know how you're going to answer this, but I hope you surprise me in a unique way. This last question, I like to call it a real doozy, of course. Use a cliche. And I'm going to buy you any collector car you want. But you can only have one in your garage, so I'm sorry. You're going to have to get rid of all your cars. I'll let you keep the Speedster, but let's just park it in the corner and forget that it's there, okay? But I'm going to buy you any collector car on the planet that exists today and it's a car that you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with or get your 412 back or anything like that money's no object today i'm mr money bags and i'm going to get you whatever you want i'd love to know what would that one car be in christensen's garage and more importantly why would you choose that vehicle this week i had a talk with james glickenhaus Mm. he's building his own car and i think if I could buy any car, money is no object. I would actually build my own car too. And what makes you different than everyone else, what makes you special is your own creativity. So you have a company which relies on lots of vendors and all those vendors contribute the best they can contribute. So you have the best wheels, the best brakes, whatever, and then you have some designer. But if you really, truly want to stand out and be unique, I think you need to build your own car. So the people who have taken the risks and built their own car, and that's what I appreciate the most. I'm so happy you answered the question that way because it is the most unique answer I've gotten to that question because everybody has chosen a vehicle that already exists. So you would create your own car, and I'm not sure if we have enough time to go into what that thing would be, but 
I love the fact that would you actually sit down and design it then or work with each of the different designers of the different components? Yeah, so I think it has to be a mixture a mixture of the past and the future. Uh. So materials would be futuristic, like bleeding edge. This is what hasn't been used yet. This is the future. But design and concept would be very simple and pure. So you'd look at everything that was done in the past and then mimic them because they did something that successful. So you would want to do the same. I love that. And I, I hope someday you get to do that because I can't wait to see what you come up with. I think it'd be very, very special. That's wonderful. Christensen, you've been so unique, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you today. We've never met until this moment, and I feel like I've got a new friend in the garage here, a car buddy, and you've taken us on a wonderful ride. I have a feeling we could talk for many, many hours and and enjoy the listening audience, but I am limited a little bit here. So before you drive off into the sunset in that custom-built Ferrari of yours, could you share one last meaningful thought for the Cars Yeah listeners out there? Sure. So if you're ever in San Francisco, in North Beach, which is the Italian district, you're welcome to hang out with me and we'll go have an espresso and we'll hang out and have dinner. And that's what cars are really about. Like You can talk about cars all day, but in the end, it's the driving experience. So we go for a drive, we end up having nice dinner and talking and you have the ultimate car and the really close connection that makes you feel like your best friends, you know. Well, that's a pretty special invitation. I appreciate that. This is the first time I've really talked to you. Yep. But you're always welcome to visit and always welcome to hang out. Well, I appreciate that, Christensen. And next time I get to San Francisco, I'm going to definitely look you up. And we're going to take that drive and have that espresso and uh, and have a great time. And this has been a, a delight and a pleasure to talk with you. And I wondered if um, you could also let our listeners know, what's the best way for them to find out more about what you're doing? So your website? Uh, website is cafespa.com. And then on Facebook, we're at Ferrari and Lamborghini News. Okay. I'll make sure that on carsyad.com slash Christensen you can find links to everything there so that you can uh, track him down and see what Christensen is up to. And I encourage you to do that. Would you give our listeners one parting piece of advice before you leave us? Uh, Just thank you, Mark. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast and feel free to contact me anytime. All right. I'll do that. Well, thank you for being so generous with your time today. Really appreciated it, and it's been so much fun, I can't tell you. You've definitely been the most unique interview I've done to date, and uh, I appreciate you pushing my limits a little bit, too, to mix this up. So thanks for being with me today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up! a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!